Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Let me slow down. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Everyone say pray. pray. Say pray. pray. Some of you need to pray for me right now, apparently. Say, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, this is what my dad always says, he says and he said to them, well, it's just like talking to God or talking to a friend. It's just like talking to a friend. Is that what he said? Now, I'll tell you this. It, in a way, it is just like talking to a friend. Some of us need to realize that. We try to make prayer too complicated, so we just don't pray. Um, but Jesus didn't say that. He actually said this. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And then he goes on to talk about how in prayer, like how many of you, if you had someone come to you at midnight knocking on the door and said, hey, I, I need in, I need in, I need something for my friend. And you're like, go away, we're in bed. Then they kept knocking. Hey, I need something. Go away. I'm in bed. If you just keep knocking and knocking and knocking, eventually what's going to happen? Get up, answer the door. What do you want? Some of you have, it's like that with your kids, right? I told you to go to bed. But I need a glass of water. Oh, my goodness. What I think is interesting here is that when Jesus was praying, his disciples were watching him pray. How did the disciples even realize that they needed to learn how to pray? They were watching Jesus pray. I, I remember learning how to pray. Now, this is a strange concept to some of us because we always just being like, well, just, just talk. It is that, but it's more than that, just a little bit. Um, I remember my dad would bring me right here into this sanctuary and he would pace back and forth just me and him and he would just pray and that's how I learned to pray I learned to pray by listening to my dad and then he also taught me the same way Jesus taught his disciples some of us need to get to the place where we're confident to pray in front of others especially if you're a leader of some kind I know some of us are terrified to get up here and grab the microphone and start praying i'm not asking you to do that but whatever sphere of influence that god has given you whether it be in your home or on your job site or wherever it is that you would pray and pray to the point where other people are like man i need to learn how to pray and here his disciples say lord teach us to pray as john taught his disciples so apparently this is a thing this is a thing that the men of God are doing and the Son of God is doing as they're teaching their disciples to pray. 
And so if, uh, if you're in our disciple-making groups for very long, there's going to come a point where you get to this teaching that I'm about to do today. So you're kind of cheating, getting ahead. But there's a few things I want you to see in this. And, and here's a shape. If it helps you, great. If not, you know, oh, well. I'm just trying to make things a little easier for you. He prays through these things. Now, this one's missing one thing that we'll see in, in, um, in uh, Matthew 6. But here he prays through a few things. First, he prays the character of God. Then he prays the kingdom of God. Then the provision of God, the forgiveness of God, the guidance of God. And then we'll see in Matthew chapter 6, the protection of God. Now, if you really like alliteration, there's, you can Google this, and there's one where all of them start with the letter P, if that's your thing, right? I thought about doing that today. I was like, mm, I don't want to. So uh, flip with me over to Matthew chapter 6. Now, when we, when we looked at this last week, we talked about this really big word, when. What does Jesus say right here? He says, not if you pray. He says, when you pray. And this is a really big word, when you pray. He's talking about when you give, when you fast. And he's saying this. He said, you don't have to say a ton of things like the Gentiles do because they think they're just going to be heard because they keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. But he's saying, when you pray, pray like this. In verse 9, it says, our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some manuscripts will go on to say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The interesting thing about the way Jesus teaches us to pray that's different than this way some of us pray is the way Jesus teaches us to pray is he doesn't teach us to start with ourselves. A lot of times when we decide it's time for us to pray, right? Life gets hard. There's a troubling situation. And we think, you know what? I'd better pray because it's hard right now. The scripture tells us that Jesus would withdraw. It was his custom, withdraw and go by himself, and he would pray. In fact, there was one time where the, the disciples were trying to cast out a demon, and they couldn't. And Jesus says, well, sometimes they only come out through prayer and fasting. And well, there's some other stuff in teaching in that passage that we can get into. But there's this idea of we don't just pray when things are bad. Did you know it's important to pray when things are good? How would you like it if your friend only ever called you when things are bad? That wouldn't be a real fun friendship, would it? In fact, one thing I, I had to learn early on is, so I have one of my best friends in the world, David Brockman, and he disciples me. And I went for a couple months there realizing the only time I ever called him was when my life was imploding. But to be fair, my wife, my life seemed to be imploding a lot, right? So I was like, uh, help me, help me, right? So I had to learn. I was like, you know, I need to call him and see how he's doing. And just, how many like sometimes just to hang out with people and talk about nothing? Right? Just sit around and laugh and talk about nothing. Did you know your heavenly father, it's the same way. Like, 
we can't just always just call them when we need something. It's important to call on the Lord. Hey, you know what? I'm having a great day. You know what we should do? We should pray. We should pray. That's why I think it's important to start every day with prayers, every day with sitting with the Lord. And the way this starts, it doesn't start with God help me. It actually starts with this thing. It starts with our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. It starts with our relationship with God. He could have started this prayer anyway. Our King in heaven. Our Master in heaven. Our beloved friend in heaven. But for some reason, he taught us to start with our Father in heaven. There's a relationship there between a, a parent and his child. Now, I understand this morning that some of us maybe didn't have the best of relationships with our earthly father. And so when we read something like this, it can maybe make it a little bit difficult. And my heart, it goes out to any person that maybe struggled in that relationship. But can I tell you this morning, that your heavenly father is a good and perfect father who loves you completely and full, fully and purely. And I believe that as you press into a place of prayer that he can mend and heal the things in your heart that would maybe cause a division that like, well, God, if you're my father, I'm not sure I want to really be a part of you or who you are because I have an issue with my earthly father. I believe the more we press in, to who our Heavenly Father is, the more He heals that relationship with Him. It's His desire to be a good Father, and as we'll see here in Matthew chapter 7, a good Father who gives good gifts to His children. A good Father who loves His children purely and completely in all circumstances, and that's the way we come to prayer. Not as servants, not as buddies, but as kids who come to our dad. I love it when my daughters just come running in the house and they're like, hey, dad. Like, that's my favorite title is dad. That's my favorite title is father. I, this year, got a trophy, a little yellow solo cup that said number one dad. I don't know what the rest of you guys are doing. But I won. But we have this relationship with our Heavenly Father where He's there for us. He's our provider. He wants relationship. He wants closeness with us. And then it says this, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. And when I was a, a young man, I misunderstood this, that we're saying, God, your name is holy. And His name is holy. But it's saying more than just, God, your name is holy. You got to understand this whole first line of the prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What we're doing here is we're praising God. Right? We're, we're, just, we're just simply praising him for who he is and what his name is. So we're not just saying, God, your name is holy, although that's what we're saying. We're actually saying, God, let your name be made holy. Let your name be made holy. 
and I'm recognizing that your name is holy. And what is holy? It's this, this name that is set apart from every other name. It's this name that is purer than any other name that has ever been. It is this, well, I would say it like this. How do you know you really know somebody if you know their name? Let me, let me say it like this. My dad, his middle name is David. He goes by David. His first name is Richard. And so, you know, when we were young and, you know, the phone would ring and you'd answer the phone and some telemarketer would go, hello, is Richard there? You don't know me. I get the same thing today. My, my name is Andrew, which I only get called when I'm in trouble. Or, or when someone doesn't know me. Like, hey, Andrew. I'm like, hey, person I don't know. Because people who know me call me by my name, which is Drew. It's the same thing. We're saying, God, your name is holy. But my question for you this morning is, do you know his name? Do you know him? Do you know him by his name? Do you know your father by his name? In scripture, uh, the Lord revealed himself to Moses. So here's the deal. You guys might remember this story. Moses, he's, he's screwed up and he runs away and he's living out in the desert, in the wilderness. And um, he's, he's decided he needs to be a shepherd. He's tending this flock. And while he's out there tending this flock, he sees this bush, and it's burning. But it's not consumed. I, I think we all, like, kind of, like, forget that part. It's not just that the bush, the, the, I can't talk, the bush was burning. It's that it wasn't being consumed. It was like one thing, oh, look at that bush, it's burning. And then you go about four or five minutes, you look over, it's like, man, that thing's still that's still burning. Maybe he watched a little while longer and realized, I think it's still going. It's like it's burning and it's burning and it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And it says this. It says, so he decided to turn aside to see this site, right? So he's moving along and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and see what's going on. So he turns aside. Do you realize sometimes that's what God does for us? He's trying to reveal himself to us. He's trying to show himself to us. And some of us, we don't turn aside. The, the scripture says that no one comes to the Father unless he draws them. Some of us, he's drawing, and we're like, ah, I'm sure it's nothing. And we keep moving. Do you realize this, that if Moses hadn't turned aside, that we wouldn't even have this Bible we have today? Like Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And it started with him walking along one day and looking and going, what's that? And turning aside. Will you turn aside? And so he gets there, and then God starts to speak to him out of the bush. Which is crazy. And he tells him, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And all, all of us are like, that's kind of a strange thing. But guys, you, you get this. Shoes are dirty. They don't belong in a place that's holy. You know this, you have holy places in your house, and 
it's not fully the same, but somewhat the same. Do you, like your countertops and your kitchen table, those are holy places. I know, because if you, your kid came in and took their shoes and set them on the table, some of you would lose your mind, right? Because shoes are dirty, and that's a holy place. It, it's a similar concept. When Moses walks up to the burning bush, and he says, you need to take your shoes off. This is holy ground. This is set apart. This is special. This is pure. And the Lord begins to talk to Moses out of the bush, and he says, I need you to go back to Egypt. We sang about it this morning. I need you to go back to Egypt to set my people free from slavery. And Moses, he kind of freaks out and says, who will I say sent me? And God says, tell them I am has sent you. I am. I exist. And that word I am, it doesn't just mean like I am. It means like I exist at all times always. Like I was, I am, and I will be. And from that we get the name Yahweh or Jehovah. And so some of you might have heard Jehovah over the years or Yahweh or sometimes you see it Y-H-W-H. Anytime you're reading the Old Testament and you see the word Lord in all caps, L-O-R-D, that's this name Yahweh or Jehovah. And throughout the scripture, the Lord reveals himself. He reveals his name. You know, one place in scripture, he, his name is, um, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means, so just bear with me on this. He called himself Jehovah Nissi, which means the Lord, my banner, the Lord, my banner, like a flag. Like you ever seen like those war movies and like someone's holding the American flag out front and they're all fighting underneath that banner. It's this emotional, heartfelt moment. What he's saying is my name is, I am your banner. I'm Jehovah Nissi. I am the Lord, your banner. I am your banner. He's the one we are under. He's the one that represents all of us in this room today. And another place in scripture, he calls himself Jehovah Raha, which means the Lord, my shepherd. I am your shepherd. It, it can also be translated, get this, as friend. I am your friend. Think of the way, the, way a, a shepherd or a farmer takes care of his livestock and animals with such care. That's my God. That's who he is. That's his name. Another place he calls himself Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals. And, and this is not just physical healing, but it's also emotional healing. How many have ever been healed before in your body or in your heart before? That is the name of our God. His name is actually the Lord who heals. I am that heals. Another place, Jehovah Shema, is the Lord is there. The Lord is present. How many know in scripture it says he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. It's actually his name. His actual name is he's always present with you at all times. And another place he's Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies you. He makes you holy. He sets you apart. His name is the one that sets you apart. He's also Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord our righteousness. Like he makes us righteous. His name is that I, he makes me righteous. Not Drew. Drew doesn't make me righteous. The Lord makes me righteous. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. That's his name. He will provide you. That's why he's not scared of us giving. 
because he is our provider. So if that's his name, neither should we be scared of giving. And his name is also Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord, our peace. Like how many know there's a peace that surpasses understanding? And it comes from the Lord because that's his name. Uh, that's one I had to lean into hard this week because I'm not going to lie. I had literally the worst week of my life. I'm not being exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. The worst week of my life this week. And I was like, Lord, your name is peace, so I need to be looking at you right now. Right? I need to know your name, Lord. I need to know the name. And I go on and on at different places in Scripture where the Lord reveals who he is. He reveals his name. My question for you is, do you know his name? When we pray, we say, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. We're saying, Lord, make your name holy. Like, I'm about to pray a bunch of stuff, but God, through my prayer even, I pray your name will be made holy. Some of you are like, I don't know all those names. Am I supposed to pray? Oh, wait, I think I had a slide on them. Sorry. There's the slide. Um, like, as we pray, you're like, oh, I don't have that list. I, I don't know if I can pray all that stuff. Listen, you know who the Lord is. Like, can I tell you this morning, if you spent any time with him at all, you'll know who he is. And it's not like, I'm not saying it's like you have to say, Jehovah Rapha, you are the Lord that heals. I'm not saying that you have to say when you pray. Remember, this whole first line of this prayer is it's not about you, it's about him. It's about praise. So the whole first part of this prayer is, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And God, I remember the time, Lord God, that you healed me when I was sick because that's who you are. I remember who you are, Lord. I remember the time that I was completely broke and you sent that check at the right time. God, that's who you are. That was you. And I praise you for being you. You are my father. God, I was completely heartbroken. You came in and you, you bound up my crushed spirit. You sent those friends with those words in my life at just the right time because that's who you are. It's all about recognizing his name, recognizing who he is, his character. That's why in that little hexagon thing, it says the first part of the prayer is the character of God. All I'm doing when I start my prayer is I'm just praising God for being who he is. And if you're like, I can't do that, that's weird, then just sing. Just think of a praise song and just start your prayer singing a song. Just turn on some worship music. Alexa, play worship music. It works, right? And then you just, just sing. Because all we're doing is remembering who God is. And that's the way we start with prayer. Not with, God, I'm a dirty sinner. He already knows. God, I need something. He already knows. Isn't that what he said? He says he knows what you're going to ask before you ask. Like he knows. And something about it, why would we need to start prayer? Because sometimes we're so focused on ourselves that he can't speak to us. Like we get so focused on us. He's like, I want you to look at me. I want you to see me for who I am. I want you to start your prayer by fixing your eyes on Jesus, fixing your eyes on the Lord. 
And then once we do that, we can get into the next part of this prayer, which is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about the kingdom of God. Now, if you've been with us during the sermon series, you already know this is a lot of kingdom stuff going on. If you haven't been, you can look back at the other messages in this series. You can listen to them online. I encourage you to do that. All of this is about the kingdom of God. And now we're actually in the prayer praying that God's kingdom would, be, would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love this. Because for any kingdom to come, it has to be submitted to the king. Well, what's the king's opinion about sickness? Healing. And it says on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Then we're going to pray against that. Right? We're going to pray that God's kingdom would come and his will will be done in that sickness. What about in the areas of, of finances? Well, I, I know the word says that he will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That I shouldn't worry about anything. So I'm going to pray. How do, how do I know what the will of God is? How do I know what the will of God is? I have this really good cheat sheet several pages long it's called the bible if you want to pray for the kingdom of god in your situation you're like i don't know what to pray it's right here this is the will of god he's already told us it's his word it's his word and you know what i do sometimes you're gonna not think i'm a good pastor right now but it's okay i'm like man i need to i need to pray about peace so you know what i do Hey, Siri, what are verses about peace? And guess what comes up? Verses about peace. What is God's will about peace? It's in his word. So I'll just Google it. If I can't remember, if I'm freaking out to the point where I can't remember anything about peace, how many of that happens sometimes? Even if you've been in church your whole life, sometimes you just get so worked up that you can't even remember the word. But I can tell you this, once I start praying, for some reason the Lord brings remembrance to things in my heart. If I'll just stop long enough to surrender to him. So we're praying that the kingdom of God would come and the will of God would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But can I tell you, even now we're still not really praying for ourselves. We're praying for God's character, his kingdom, his dominion. We're just praying stuff God wants. Like I didn't even address myself. It's not even until I get to this next part of the prayer where I even begin to pray for myself where it says this, give us this day our daily bread. And it's during this part of the prayer when I start praying for myself and my needs and what I need, right? For example, maybe food. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I... I thank you for my job. I thank you for my paycheck. And God, you know, you know my rent's due today. You know my rent's due next week, whenever it is. And I, God, I pray you'd help me pay that. God, you know, you know the car's broken down. I need that part. God, I pray you'd help me get that part. Like, whatever it is that you need, it's okay to pray for things you need. I don't want to stand here and be like, hey, don't pray for yourself or things you need. No, it's biblical. Give us today our daily bread. Whatever it is you need. In fact, we'll see in Matthew chapter 7, if you need anything, just ask. He says, just ask. 
and it will be given to you if we pray according to his will. And so we start our prayer with praise, and then we pray the, the kingdom of God would come into our situations, and then we, we get to the place where we pray for things we need, for his provision in our life. Say provision. Here, do you want to go back here? Let's go back to the beginning here so you can see it. Did I get there? There it is. The character of God, the kingdom of God, the provision, and then, then we get to the forgiveness one, which this is the one that sometimes we want to start with because a lot of times we come to God because we've messed up or sinned, or sometimes we won't come to God because we've messed up or sinned, right? It's either we avoid prayer because we know we sinned and we need forgiveness, and we're like, oh, I don't want to pray. Or if we finally do pray, we start, God, I just need you to forgive me. And that's not the case. That's way down in the prayer. He doesn't want you to start with that. He wants you to start with who he is. You know who he is? He's the one that makes us righteous. It's never been ourselves. And, and I want to say right here that he actually expounds on this at the end of the prayer in verse 14. Look at this. It says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither your Father, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. This is intense. This is very intense. There's a story Jesus told, some of you guys know it, um, about uh, a guy who owed this uh, king a ton of money, like millions. And he was arrested and brought before this king. He's like, I need you to pay me or you're going to jail for forever. And the guy got down on his knees and he begged, please forgive my debt. Please forgive me. Because this is like it would take him lifetimes to pay back this money. And so the king said, okay, I forgive you. Go. So this joker leaves the presence of the king, is walking around town, and sees this other guy that owes him not a whole lot. And he's mad. He's like, you owe me money. It's not much. It's a bit. It's not millions. Hey, you owe me money. Calls for the police to have the guy arrested. The guy gets down on his knees, does the exact same spiel that he just did to the king. Please forgive me. I, you know, I have a family, all this stuff. The exact same thing. And he's like, nope, off to prison with you. The king finds out. How do you think he feels? He has him holding. He's like, what are you doing? I forgave you millions. And you had that guy thrown in jail for a little bit? Yeah, you, you, you're not getting it. You're going to jail too. Like you don't get it. Now Jesus told that story because that's us. Guess who we are? We're the joker in the story. We're the, we're the moron in the story. Because here's the reality. When we say yes to Jesus, Jesus' death on the cross 
He took all of our sin on himself and paid for all of our sin. He paid for all of it. So we were forgiven a debt that we could never pay. So we're forgiven, and guess what we do? We turn around and go, you owe me a few bucks. Just so you know, we're not actually talking about money at this point. If anybody's confused, you talked bad about me that one time. You hurt my feelings. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss the things that we go through. There's things that people do to us that hurt, right? But then we walk in unforgiveness and bitterness, and we say, I'm just waiting for the Lord to help me forgive them. And that's not biblical. Forgiveness isn't God's choice through you. Forgiveness is your choice to make. You have free will. The Lord is calling you to forgive them, not for you to wait till you magically suddenly feel, I can forgive them now. I just feel it. If you're waiting for that day, it may never come. They stabbed me in the back. Yeah. A very wise pastor told me, bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And so we spend our whole life bad-mouthing these people and being bitter towards these people, and they've moved on. And here we are. We're just bitter and bent. And the Lord is calling us to be forgiven, to, to forgive, excuse me, just as we were forgiven. And as I say that this morning, some of you have certain people going through your mind. And you're like, I don't know if I can forgive them. Can I tell you something? We did not deserve the forgiveness we got through Jesus Christ. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't because we said we were sorry. While we were still screwed up and completely broken, God, he died on the cross and he forgives us. In fact, some of you this morning, you're, you're living a great Christian life and you're doing well, but can I tell you, some of you are going to screw up this upcoming week. Did you know Jesus still died for that sin? Like he still wants to forgive you of that. And because of that grace, it causes us to want to serve him more. And it's because of that forgiveness that we want to forgive more and more and more. And I'm standing up here this morning knowing that there's going to be a day where some of you are going to have to remind me, Drew, you need to forgive. And if I'm going to be a person of the word, I'm going to have to say, okay, could it be hard? Yeah. But it is, is it the Lord? Yeah. Now, do I, do I hope and pray that he gives you a supernatural measure of faith to be able to forgive someone and make it easier? I do. And I've seen that happen. But more times than not, you're just going to have to sit with the Lord and be obedient to his word and say, you know what? I need to forgive because my God has forgiven me. And so as we sit there in the place of prayer, we're saying, Lord, forgive me for what I've done wrong. And God, I also forgive them. And while I'm at it, Lord, won't you go ahead and bless them? 
Won't you prosper them? God, draw their hearts closer to you. Lord God, I know they have a need in their life. God, I pray you would meet that need. Isn't that what Jesus said? Pray for your enemies and bless those who persecute you. This is that part of the prayer of loving our enemies in the place of prayer. And forgiveness is such a hard thing, but it's a godly thing. Next, Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation. I, you know, the scripture tells us the Lord doesn't tempt us, right? It's not the Lord that tempts us or tests us. But when we're praying this prayer, what we're praying is God guide us. You know, the scripture tells us the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And if I'm forgiven, I'm righteous before God. And if I'm righteous before God, and now I'm praying, Lord, give me wisdom. In James, it says, if any of us lacks wisdom, ask, and he will give it to you. So in this part of the prayer, what I'm praying is, God, I have some decisions to make. I need you to lead me. And lead me away from my desires. The scripture says it's it's. It's our own evil desires that drag us away into temptation. It's not the Lord. So, Lord, guide me. Guide me, Lord, that I be walking in places that you want me to walk in and not places Drew wants to walk in. Because Drew likes to walk into temptation by himself. But the Lord is calling me to other places. And he says this, deliver us from evil. And that's where we're praying for protection. It's important to pray for protection. This is the part where I pray where I pray protection over my daughters. I pray for protection over this church. I pray for protection over our, min- our missionaries and ministries. And then in some translations it goes on to say, but yours is, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glories forever. Amen. And I take that as another place of of praise yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory you know what god you're kind of awesome and i've started this prayer with praise you know what god i thank you for everything you're going to do before you've done it remember the story of, of the lepers that jesus heals he heals them of their leprosy and they run off excited But one of them turns around and comes back and says, thank you. Thank you for healing me. And the Lord does an extra miracle for him. He actually restores him and makes him whole. Like there's something about gratitude. There's something about gratitude. That's what it says in Philippians 4 when it's talking about prayer. It talks about praying prayers with gratitude, with thanksgiving. And so this morning, my my challenge for us, this is, this is pretty simple. My challenge for us is to pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. Now, some of you, maybe when you were a kid, you learned the Lord's Prayer and you, you memorized it. I know I was made to memorize the Lord's Prayer when I was a kid. So it's pretty easy for me to pray through this outline. I believe that this is just simply an outline for prayer. That I start with praise and then I pray God's kingdom to come. And then I, I pray for provision in our daily needs and then forgiveness and then for guidance and then protection. It's pretty easy for me to pray through it as I just remember each part of the prayer. 
If, if you don't remember it, open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 6 and start to pray. And, and can I tell you, if, if you ever don't know what to pray, take the time. I mean, most of us have these wonderful smartphones to look at what the Bible says about that thing. I'll do you one better. If you have a friend that knows the word, instead of Googling it, maybe call them first and say, hey, look, I need to pray about this situation. Do you know what the word says? Because I'm at a loss right now. That's walking together through something. And they may, may be able to speak into your life about this situation. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. I believe this is a prayer that Jesus prayed daily. The, the reason is, is verse 11. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Right? That's something you need every day. And as we'll see next week when we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow anyway. We're just worried about what he's going to do in us and through us today. And the reason I do think that this is just a template of prayer is because the disciples have been like, okay, he's, there's something going on here. He's praying something similar, like along the same lines every day. If it was just like quoting this passage, I don't think they would have had to say, Lord, teach us to pray. They would have just listened to him for a couple years and be like, okay, we got it. We've heard you pray the same exact words. For a couple years now, we got it. We've memorized it. I think it's more than just memorizing this prayer and praying it back to God. But it's praying this outline. It's praying. This outline. If I could, if, if you get nothing else out of this this morning, get this. Start your prayer by praising the character of God. Start your prayer by praising the character of God. And then pray his word. Pray his word. As we move through this, I believe God, like, I believe he will answer. I will believe he will answer. Flip with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7. And I'll end with this here today. It says this. Ask and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone, everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? 
ask. Ask. Take the time and ask. And that's it's the thing that in my with the men who walk with me, who have allowed me to speak into the life, the thing that I challenge them the most is are you sitting with the Lord daily? Are you sitting with the Lord day, daily? Are you praying daily? Or now are you in his word daily? Because this also informs us how to pray. Will you stand with me this morning? I know this is more of a teaching today. I have no problem with that. Because um, this is what Jesus taught. And this morning, I'm, I'm just going to pray. But I want you to take a second, just close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to ask you this question. When will you pray? That was a question we asked last week. When? When do you pray? And then here's my question is, when do you pray? What, what time of day is it? I, I mean specifically when. What is the time on the clock? And this is not a legalistic thing. This is a I'm surrendering to the king thing. Like, when do you pray? Is it right before you get in the shower? Is it right before you climb into bed? And I want you to decide, this is when I'm going to pray every day. And then I'd encourage you to do one more thing. It's when you make that decision, is to find someone in your life to hold you accountable to that. Say, look, I've decided this is when I'm going to pray. And I just need you to ask me, kindly and gently, <laughs> if that's what I'm doing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a good father. Lord, that you are always with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. God, that your name is the name that's above every other name, that our relationship with you is more important than any other relationship we could have, have in heaven or on earth. And God, I pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in this church as it is in heaven. Lord, that we believe that your will is for freedom. So I pray that this church would be a place of freedom. Lord God, we know that heaven's a place where there is no sickness or pain. So, Lord God, I just pray that as people come to this place, they're de delivered, Lord God, from any disease that they're facing. God, we know it's your will, Lord God, to walk with us in times of suffering. So, God, I pray, Lord, for any person that comes to this place that your kingdom will be established in their life and they'd feel your presence close to them. God, we thank you that you're our provider and that you give us our bread every day. Lord, that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, that you own a cattle on a thousand hills. Father God, the, the earth and all that is in it belongs to you. God, I pray that every need that's in this place today, Lord God, would be met. Father, and God, I pray, Lord, for forgiveness. God, that you would forgive me of the things that I've done and said that I shouldn't have. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers all of my sin. 
Lord God, and that takes this dirty heart and washes it white as snow. And God, I pray for those, Lord God, that, that have wronged me, intentionally or unintentionally. And God, that I would, I would walk in forgiveness towards them with, a, with an attitude, Father, that glorifies you. God, as a church, Lord, guide us. Lord, lead us into paths of righteousness for your name's sake, that you be glorified among us. God, in our staff meeting coming up Tuesday, God, that you would lead us, Lord, to say and do the things that, that you want us to do, that you'd show us. Lord God, we're supposed to go as a church. And God, I just pray you'd protect us. God, I thank you, Lord, for times that you've already protected us and, and kept us from harm. But God, I pray that you would continue to have your angels and camp around about us. Lord, let there be peace as we walk with you. God, and we thank you that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We thank you the earth and everything in it belongs to you, that you are good always. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.